Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I am here with another incredible woman, real estate investor, but also this this particular woman, she's, she's invested in real estate, but I'm going to have her talking about something else. A lot of women want to invest in real estate, but they don't think they have enough money. And But they're, in fact, sitting on thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars that they could tap in their retirement accounts. In this episode, we're going to interview Karen Hall to learn how you can use your retirement funds to invest and grow your wealth. Despite being in the midst of a recession and mortgage market collapse, Karen Hall founded and made a resounding success of Direct IRA services. The single mom discovered a strategic way to put her 20-plus years of experience in mortgage banking, real estate, and property management to use. The solution was an untapped market for both her skills and for investors, self-directed IRAs. Through Udirect IRAs, she has guided tens of thousands of Americans through the process of diversifying their investments using self-directed IRAs. And I am super excited that she's here today to tell us about them, what they are, how you can use them to invest, um, how you can't use them to invest, <laughs> and uh, and more. Welcome, Karen. Monique, thank you so much. I appreciate being your guest today. Appreciate having you here. So um, let me do what, you know, in your, your bio, you talked about being, or I just just mentioned that, you know, in the midst of like the, the recession, the mortgage market collapsing, you decided to get into um, self-directed IRAs. So how, what, what made you start that? What made you decide um, that was the time and to get into it? Mostly getting fired from my job, I think, you know, that was, that was pretty much a catalyst. <laughs> that I think, yeah. Yeah, that'll motivate you. You know, it was it was a 2000 and whatever, and you know, and and of course the recession was in full bloom, and not a good time for a lot of people. And so I, I have had experience in self-directed IRAs, and I thought, well, guess what? I mean, some of the other things that I've been able to do in my life, um, uh, those skills don't apply right now in the recession. So what am I what am I going to do? So I thought, well, hey, let's give this a shot, and I created a business plan and did a lot of research and, and put it all together and came up with Udirect IRA services. And that was uh, almost nine years ago now. And since then, we've opened like uh, 4,500 accounts or something like that. And our clients are sitting on about half a billion in assets. So it's, it's been really a successful, wow. successful run. Amazing. Um, so let's back up a bit because I bet there are people listening and going, what is a self-directed uh, IRA. What is, can you explain that? What is a self-directed retirement account? Right, right. Well, if you know what an IRA is, then it's really easy to make the trip to knowing what a self-directed IRA is. So I'll just describe it sort of like this. An IRA is something like a bucket that holds assets. That's what it is. And this bucket gives you tax-preferred treatment on the proceeds of your assets. So if you use the IRA to invest, the gain is going to be tax-free or tax-deferred. Now, that's whether or not you invest in, you know, with, with, you know, in the stock market or outside the stock market in self-directed IRAs. So the only thing that makes a self-directed IRA unique from a typical IRA is the kind of asset class that you can invest in, right? So you're not just 
limited to what the stock market offers or CDs or something. Now it's like the door is wide open and, and, and you can invest in all kinds of assets like, uh, like you know, real estate, of course, is a huge um, asset class that, that our investors invest in in so many ways, like buying property directly, uh, maybe uh, buying property through a private placement, you know, where somebody is, is uh, you know, collecting funds and asset sponsor, raising capital to maybe buy an apartment building, and then you, your IRA mm-hmm. is part owner. Your IRA can lend money to other people so they can invest in real estate. You can raw land, trust deeds, performing and non-performing notes, um, so many different kinds of assets. And so that's what a self-directed IRA is. It's an IRA that lets you invest in non-correlated assets, non-traditional assets, alternative assets. All those words mean is just not the stock market. And so that's what we do. We help people take their retirement and invest in the asset classes that they know and understand because not everyone you know, is an expert in, in Wall Street and what's happening there. And, and you don't really have a lot of control. Uh, and also people really like, I think, real estate in particular because when they invest in it, I mean, it rarely does real estate go to a true zero value um, like, like yeah. a stock can. So, so there are a lot of reasons that people love self-directed IRAs, and, and, and that's what they are. Very cool. I know that, you know, when I, before I I had IRAs, um, and you get a very limited menu of things that you can invest in, in in most IRAs, most IRAs. And so when I was, when I found out about self-directed IRAs, I was like, wait, you can do this? And then it was open a whole (laughs) universe of other um, investment possibilities. And that was really exciting to find out about it. Um, So, but I know that there are, you can't necessarily invest in everything, right? So what, what can't you, how, you know, what are some of the right ways you can use these retirement accounts and what are some of the wrong ways? Yeah, you know, you're you're right because th- there are definitely things you can and can't do. So when when these IRAs were created, first off, it was 1974 when the ERISA laws were created and they went into effect in 1975. So you think about, wow, how long ago was that? Like a long like your listeners, some of your listeners weren't even born yet. So it's been a long time which just shows you yeah. that the self-directed IRA is nothing new, right? So when when the laws came out, the the what they said is that your IRA can invest in anything except life insurance contracts, and collectibles, all right? So that's what the IRS said. Now, another asset class that you can't invest in is um, would be, for example, uh, having your IRA be a member of an S-corporation, only because S-corps don't let non-human entities be members or shareholders. So that's something mm-hmm. you can't do. So... Um, so, so that's that's so one of the rules about things you need to watch out for. Like, what can't your IRA do? It can't invest in life insurance or collectibles, and that that's important to know. And so, also when you've got a self-directed IRA, the other rules they they, they revolve around um, rules called prohibited transactions. So, a lot of times this conversation is all about what you can't do because you need to be careful. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've got, there, there's so much you can do, but you do have to follow the rules. You know, here's the IRS, and they're giving us a chance to save for our retirement, which we all need to do. Like, hey, we know you need to save for retirement, so here's a special way to do it, and we'll even give you a tax break. And all the tax breaks seem to be going away, but not this one. This one's this one's hanging in, and and you know, we had a lot of positive comments about keeping this uh, this tax benefit uh, from the government. So. 
you know, so so this is this is the one thing that we that we can do, and and so we we you know we need to utilize it. We need to be able to you know to save and and invest, and so now the benefit is that your proceeds are tax free in a Roth or tax deferred. So you've got to follow their rules. You want to play their game, you got to follow their rules. Those and here's okay. where you can find the rules. Okay, two places. One is on the IRS's website, which is irs.gov, and look up Publication mm-hmm. 590. And that tells you about IRAs and all the rules, how the money comes in, how the money goes out. That's a good place to look. Another place that talks about prohibited transactions, the things to stay away from, that's in the Internal Revenue Code, and that's IRC for Internal Revenue Code, right, 4975. Mm -hmm. So IRC 4975 is where prohibited transactions are listed. So those are the things that you can't do, and and, and just – if you'd like me to go into it, I'll just say – that yeah, you, know, you don't benefit from the, the IRA. Board. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know you can't personally benefit. Yeah, and, and not only you can't, but um, disallowed people can't benefit either. And so who are they? They're your lineal ascendants and descendants. So your parents and grandparents and their spouses, you and your spouse, and then your children and your grandchildren and their spouses cannot benefit. Plus, Anybody who's a 50-50 business partner with you or anybody offering what they call services to the plan. So um, so those people are prohibited. So, for example, your IRA can make a loan to your nephew to go to college but not your son because your nephew is allowed mm-hmm. and your son is disallowed. Your son is up and down that family tree. And so that's important to know. So, th- yeah, IRAs are all about saving for later. You know, they're not about today. They're not about making money today. They're about they're about making money today for tomorrow. So yeah. make sure that everything is, you, is about saving. And that, yeah, but you could do something that helps your sister or your nephew or um, an aunt or uncle. They're not part of this. They're not part of the disallowed individuals. Uh, but it's just that direct up and down line. Is that correct? Correct. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And and that's great. So you say, okay, great, I understand that. Well, another rule is that you know, your IRA just doesn't do business with those with those people at all. So your IRA doesn't, you know, isn't going to buy, sell, or exchange any assets uh, between the plan and those people. That's pretty easy. Um, okay. And you know, very easy to comprehend. So then, the next level is that these disallowed people. Um, these, you know, parents and grandparents and children and grandchildren, um, they can't uh, what's called uh, basically uh, provide services to the plan. And here's what that means. Say, for example, uh, let's think about this. Like, like your IRA owns a house and it's got a yard that needs to be mowed. Well, you, you know, you think, oh, well, my son, he's just sitting around playing video games. I'm going to send him out to do this. Well, your son is a disallowed person, so he can't go mow the lawn even for free. Now, I don't know how wow. the IRS polices that. I've never really seen them police that. But technically, it's a disallowed person offering services to the plan, um, and it's disallowed. And the same thing, you're disallowed to your IRA. So if your IRA owns a house and you think, oh, well, you know, I, I'm really good at plumbing and I just want to install this one little, you know, garbage disposal – you're not supposed to do that. What you're supposed to do is keep everything arm's length, hire a third-party vendor. 
So let's talk about this. So your IRA owns a house and you have renters. And what can you what can you do regarding property management? Because can you do something? You can do something. Now you can't get paid to be the property manager, that's for sure. You'd be receiving personal benefit from the IRA. But what you can do is you can screen the tenants and you can pick up and collect their rent checks that must be made payable to the IRA. And you can hire mm-hmm. third-party vendors to do the work, right? So a lot of real estate investors, what they will do is uh, they will hire a property manager. So the property manager yeah. collects the rent checks and if something breaks, you know, then that way you don't get the call at 3 in the morning when the water heater breaks, you know, and, and that's great. And, and then you keep it arm's length. And so that works out for a lot of self-directed IRA account holders who own real estate directly. Okay. Fantastic. I know, you know we you're talking about private placements. That's one thing that um, I do. So we we bring groups of investors together to buy apartment buildings and other larger commercial properties. And we've had quite a few people invest using their IRAs. And I know mm-hmm. that. Um, and we've and I I my husband myself I mean ourselves we have also invested using IRAs. So we but we can't put money from our IRAs into the the deals that we ourselves are working on so we can only have um we can only have people uh, so we we can't we can't run the deal and have our ira money in it but we can passively put our money into ira deals right There we go. It's yeah, muted sorry. for a second. Sorry about that. There oh. you go. But yes, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. Correct. And it sounds like you've okay. got a really good grasp of how to use a self-directed IRA. So yes. Well, we've used it that way, but I didn't realize before, um, you know, that we couldn't, so if you, what little you could do, right? That uh, if you, if you actually own, if you have that single family house, I didn't, I didn't know you go in and, you, you paint a wall or you change a light bulb or you do anything, then um, then you might. So what happens? What happens if you you go in and you're like, oh, this, this needs this, let me just fix this little thing um, in a house that's owned by your IRA? What could happen? Well, I mean, I, I've never heard of anybody being called on a prohibited transaction for doing something small. You're really supposed to – you're not supposed to have any personal use of the property, so you're not supposed to, for example, even spend one night there, um, and you're supposed yeah. to let other people do the work. But, you know, if you did something, I, there are no IRS police that are monitoring you 24-7 in video camera yet. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so you, you'll, be, you'll be okay probably. But if you want to know what the rules are, the rule is don't do it. You know, and so it's, if you just follow the rules, you're good. But, you know, sometimes people break this one rule because they don't understand it, so I'll explain this one too. And that is that you don't take constructive use of your IRA. And taking constructive use can be a lot of things. Like we had one um, account holder who had a, a house in her IRA, and she took the rent checks and put them put those proceeds in a different IRA account. So those proceeds oh. must go back into the uh, to the account that owns the asset, but by, she she acted like the custodian. She she took it upon herself to put the money where it didn't belong, and so she took constructive use of her assets, and that's and so her account was dispersed to her um, for 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 doing that. So you need to make sure that you're really careful about the rules, and that's why we're here. 
because if you have questions, you just call us. Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What if I do this? I'm looking at making this investment. We'll take a look at it for you and say, yeah, you know, that looks really good. Or eh, maybe you better watch out for this. Or maybe you even need to go so far as to get, a, a you know, a, a, an attorney opinion letter uh, before you proceed. So, you know, we're going to help you navigate this. But whether or not you commit a prohibited transaction, that's 100% on you. So you need to make sure you do your homework, you do diligence, and you really understand self-directed IRAs. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to help you understand that. Okay. Um, let me ask you, a, a, this is, I had sent you some questions before, and I didn't, ask, I didn't prepare you for this particular question, but what is the difference between a self-directed IRA and a self-directed 401K? Wow, great question. An IRA is an individual retirement arrangement, IRA. And that's in, that's in one world, in the retirement world. Then there's a different world, the ERISA world, which is employer plans. So there's the okay. world of individual plans, the IRA world, and the world of employer plans. So the individual 401k is sitting right on the cusp of those two worlds <laughs> because it's for an individual, but it's a 401k. So the rules are pretty much the same for when you have a 401k, except now it's for you, you're self-employed. You have no full-time employees in any of the companies that you work for. Um, okay. And so, for example, you're, you could have a SEP IRA and you could be an employer and, and, and have a similar contribution as you can with the solo 401k. But there are different rules because a SEP is an IRA and a solo 401k is a 401k. They're different kinds of animals, really. Okay. All right, so different beasts. Yes, because I I have a solo four hundred one k or self directed four hundred one k for for me and my my husband. We each have my husband and I each have one. Um, so the, the but they they act a little different in terms of the you know how much you can put in and um, but it, it it's really only for somebody who's self employed without any other full time employees, right? That's exactly right. The SEP IRA, okay. you can have full-time employees with the SEP IRA, but you can't have full-time employees if you're using the uh, SILA 401k. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so what is one of the biggest mistake that you've seen someone make with their self, with a self-directed retirement account? <laughs> well, I, I'd say taking constructive use of – well, I think one of the biggest mistakes – we saw somebody one time – get a home equity line of credit on their own house, okay, to pay for the, to replace the roof on an IRA-owned property. No, you can't do that. Uh, I mean, no, at, no. At, at best, <laughs> you're making an over-contribution to your IRA. Um, but, right, so you don't, you don't put your personal money into IRA deals. I mean, you're allowed to contribute, and there are contribution limits, and you can talk to your tax person about what the contribution limits are. But you don't put your personal money into your IRA deals, and, and that is that is definitely a big mistake. Okay. And when they did that, what happened? Right. So how do you unring that bell? What do you do? Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. now the roof's on the house. What do you tear it off? I mean, so if you commit a prohibited transaction and you want you want to kind of uh, you you want to argue this, you can request what's called a private letter ruling, and it's not free. 
It's about ten grand okay. for the private letter ruling plus attorney's fees. But you can say, look, I, I didn't mean to commit a prohibited transaction because understand that with this house, okay, if if this is okay, the IRS says this is a prohibited transaction. This is what you did, and if if that was the case, then you could be taxed a lot on the house. Your tax bill could be pretty high. So spending ten thousand dollars versus how many how much you pay in tax and fees might not be that much in comparison. So that's yeah. something that you could do. And then you could say, you know, this is what we did and this is what we did to resolve the issue. And, you know, and, and we're taking this as an over contribution and you, you could, or whatever it is, you could argue it uh, and you'd, you'd have an, you'd get an attorney to help you with that. But it's called a private letter ruling, which is the, I'd say get out of jail free card, but it's not free. No, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it definitely helps to have somebody like you um, that can, that's, my so you you were saying that it really is on the person right that so you're you can give guidance but you're you're not going to say yes or no you can do this or you can't right well i mean we're going yeah we're going to give guidance for sure but um uh, right but but if you can like for example we had somebody who their ira uh, made a loan to an asset sponsor so their ira lent money great and then without us knowing about it behind the scenes they uh they they paid um they agreed to a loan modification and just bypassed the custodian entirely. So oh. that's a mistake. I mean, you can't do that because the custodian is literally ha- has custody of the asset. And because she went ahead and signed a loan modification and signed a brand new note by herself, bypassing the custodian, she took constructive use of her funds. And, and that's, that's when you could face a taxable event. So you have to be real careful. Okay. Crazy. Okay. Um, so on the flip side of mistakes, what are some of the creative ways in which investors have used these accounts to legally invest? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, with the self-directed IRA, yes, you can be creative, but you want to watch you – you don't want to be – too creative. You can make so much money the, the typical way. And when it's a little like yeah. creative financing and it's something no one's ever heard of before, I mean, you're going to face a lot of scrutiny with your deal. So, And there's a, there are a lot of creative things you can do with your cash that you're not going to be doing with the self-directed IRA. Um, but of course, yeah. you know, we've had... Not it's been a long time, and I I don't think we would do this today. We haven't seen it, but where somebody bought tickets with their self-directed IRA, and and then sold those tickets. tickets for a profit, and the profit went back in their IRA, you know. And so, but at the same time, you have to prove that you don't have personal possession of the tickets or being held by a third party. It's there are a lot of details about something like that, and that's an old story that that may not fly today because the rules um, they do tighten and the guidelines do tighten. And so now the IRS, like I was mentioning before, they say these. This is what you're, what you can and can't do, and what you can and can't invest in. What you can invest in is just a short list. Great, that's what the IRS says. But then the custodian can say, well, wait a minute, this is an asset we don't consider to be administratively feasible. How do you like that? <laughs> like, what does that even mean, okay. right? But it, but. But it means for for business reasons, it's an asset that the custodian doesn't wish to hold. For example, your IRA can invest in livestock, all right, as a, as an investment because livestock is definitely an investment. Um, you know, it's a commodity, I suppose. And but the, but each and every self-directed IRA custodian can decide for themselves whether or not they choose 
to custody that particular asset, you see. So there's one thing about what does the IRS say, and the other thing is what does the custodian say is administratively feasible. So there are two layers of what you can and can't do. Yeah, because I have heard of somebody investing in a herd of cattle um, with their IRA, but um, that might be something that at UDirect IRA, you guys, you might say, we're not doing the cows. (laughs) Not, um, not so they're kind of smelly to keep in the office, you know, I'm just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, um, and then let me, so just to, like in, in summary, because this is my understanding, right? Besides the life insurance, the collectibles, S-Corps, and then doing these, working with any of the prohibited, you know, the personal benefits and, and any of the prohibited parties, Anything else is okay, is, is that I've heard. It's basically the entire universe. Um, as long as your IRA custodian will will agree to it, then you can mm-hmm. pretty much anything else you can go for. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah, and you know, but there's something else about IRAs that's that's so unique. And you know, my background, as you mentioned, includes mortgage lending. So. When I got into self-directed IRAs, I was really surprised to find out that a bank will make a loan to an IRA, and it's called a non-recourse loan. So coming from the residential lending background that I had, I was really, really surprised about that, that a a bank would really make a loan to an IRA. But the reason that they'll do it – so let me back up and just say this. The number one probably biggest misunderstanding about uh, about these loan or about self-directed IRA investing is that your IRA can go get a bank loan, can go to Bank of America, Wells Fargo, whatever, Chase, and get a mortgage, a regular mortgage like you and I would get on our primary residence. You can't do that because there's no recourse against an IRA, so those banks won't lend to an IRA. So you can get a special non-recourse loan, and I do have a list of non-recourse lenders, I'd be happy to share with your listeners if they want to email me at uh, K, the letter K, Hall, K-H-A-L-L, at the letter U, UDirectIRA.com, and I'll send you a list of the non-recourse lenders. Because these lenders will lend money to an IRA, and so your IRA can buy real estate, and that's great. However, there is a caveat, and that is to say that when your IRA borrows money to buy real estate, um, the proceeds can be taxable. So this is something to do your homework on before you do this. Call us and talk to us. We'll help you through it um, and help you understand it. To make, you know, it could be the best deal you ever did. It doesn't mean you, you know, you certainly can do it. It just, you know, it's just likely taxable. And we can discuss that um, with you over the phone and talk about your particular needs. But that's interesting, isn't okay. it, that a, that a bank would lend money that's to an IRA account? Yeah. Okay. So say you, so if you wanted to buy a property, your IRA could put 20% down and then one of these special banks that people can get email you can get access to will maybe do a mortgage for 80% of the the property. So uh, Yeah, what I'm sometimes they want to lower that Yeah, yeah, some Yeah, sometimes they want a lower LTV. They want the IRA to have more skin in the game, but Anytime there's a loan, there's an underwriter, and so they're underwriting the risk. So they're going to take a look, and they'll tell you, okay, they're looking at your deal. All right, well, we're going to require that your IRA come up with 40%, or, you know, the the underwriters will come up with their criteria or say, you know, this is the rate if it's 20%, this is the rate if it's 30%, that sort of thing. They're going to price the risk like any underwriter. Okay, but but you may be taxed on proceeds from that money. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tax. It's called UDFI. It, it's it's um, mm-hmm. unrelated debt financed income tax. And I know we don't have time to really go into that a whole story. So let me yeah. tell you that you can read about it. Um, that you go back to the IRS's website, and I'll give it to you again. It's irs.gov, and then they have a little like search bar there, and you type in mm-hmm. pub five nine eight. Pub five, publication 598, and that is the publication that will tell you about this special tax. And you better know about okay. it before you, before you start to self-direct. You want to know, if you're going to play a game, you want to know the rules, because if you're going to play a yeah. game, you want to win. And your retirement isn't a, a game, or it's a, it's a serious game if it is. You know, it's, it's more like a sport <laughs> where it's serious and intense and you, and you want to win. So make sure you know the rules before you play. And, and that's what we're here, yeah. that's what you direct us for, is to, is to help you understand. Great, because there there are some really wonderful uh, benefits of winning that game, but some severe penalties if you're if you're breaking the rules. So um, definitely, very true. You'll want to connect with uh, Karen. So Karen, what is the how how can people find out more about you, Direct IRA, and what you do? Well, I mean, we've got a website which is has so much information. It's uh, the letter U, udirectira.com has just tremendous amounts of information and it has a calendar that shows you know where we'll, we'll where I will be speaking or one of us will be speaking it has a the calendar about events like we do networking events from time to time um and so that's that's a great way to get a hold of us we have a toll free number and it's 866 447 6598 okay and i know that you are here in California, but do you work with um, investors or do you work with people all over? We do. Just, you know, we have IRAs in every state in America. So we, we are a national okay. company. We we have accounts all over the place. All right. Cool. So y'all listening, wherever you are, you can contact her and get some help. Um, okay. So thank you so much. That was amazing and so informative. Um I and now it's time for our famed end of podcast Trinity. So where you our guests share a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. Um it's how we conclude every podcast. So tell us what's one thing you're celebrating right now? What's one brag? Uh, my brag is I, I probably a personal brag is that both I both my kids just graduated from college. Yay. Whoa, <laughs> you know. Yay. Congrats. Yay. That's Thank you. And, brag. Well and, bragged. Yeah. And what was the other thing? One thing you're grateful for. Well, I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the company and I'm grateful for every one of our account holders uh, you know, that, that is saving for retirement. I'm grateful to have an opportunity to make an impact in, in the lives, you know, in, in the lives of people's uh, retirement, you know, in their um, because when you when you get when you get to be a certain age and you're not gonna make any more income, you need to live off your retirement. So you want to have something, yeah. you want to invest in assets that you understand. So I'm very grateful that I have a, a role in that. Because, I mean, we've got a real retirement crisis coming up with all the baby boomers, and this can be a solution for people. Yeah, beautiful. And last but not least, what's one thing you desire? <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like I'm so happy and grateful for what I have. I don't I don't know if I could, like, what else could I have? You know, I have health and, and you know, and, and so forth. I have a place to live, a, a, you know, a good work to do, a car that runs, you know. Um, you know I'm, it's, I've got a family I love, so I've, I've, I've got a lot. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe go on vacation. How about that? Okay. That's a good desire. Where, where do you want to go? 
where? Just anywhere. Norway. Norway. All right. Well, so shall your (laughs) desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Um, There you go. Or something better, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or better. Norway or better. So beautiful. Thank you again so much. That was great. Um, Again, if you want to connect with Karin, go to youdirectira.com. It's in the podcast info below. Um, And you can also email her at khall at youdirectira.com to get that list of non-recourse banks. And you can connect with me at realestateinvestorgoddesses.com. And um, there you can join our really incredible community of women from all over the world that are real estate investing goddesses. You can also um, click on invest to get into our real estate investor goddesses investment club and find out about investment opportunities. And you can join our wealth holder program to learn how to successfully invest in real estate and get the education piece down. So um, that's it for this week. We'll, We'll catch you next week for another real estate investor goddess interview. Thank you.